Orlando City and NYCFC won't play till 2015, but tomorrow on Wednesday, they will be doing battle in New York City. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsev. What's cracking, man? Nothing much, Garrett. It's good to be back. I wasn't sure if we were going we to have a show this week or not, but uh, it's good that we finally got our schedules together, and uh, we definitely have plenty to talk about. Yes, uh, I was also concerned because I know your birthday is usually a week-long celebration, so I'm glad you're able to squeeze in a show amidst all the celebrations that you're having. Uh, if only that were true, my man. And, if only and, that were true. And happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. That was uh, that was Sunday. Pretty subdued in the uh, SBI compound. Just chilled out with the family, nothing too crazy. I was I was actually at Red Bull Arena Saturday night until pretty late, uh, and then and then I didn't even go out, so I just stayed home, chilled with the family on Sunday. Pretty pretty tame. I'm getting old. I think I, I just some I can't I can't party like I used to, so I think I'm taking it easy, I'm settling into my old age. You always say that, and then we go out, and I mean, you last longer than I do. Well, you know, I, I, when I get when I'm the, when I'm on the road, it's a whole other story. It's like a I got, when I'm on the road, I got a party. So I, I, that's what you usually find me uh, out and about and uh, closing places down. It's like once I don't, once I can't do that anymore, then it's like get me that cane and the rocking chair. It's time to, it's time to close the deal. God, I hope I'm there for that moment. I hope not. I, I hope I am there. Pictures galore. I hope we giving you the. I, I I pray that I'm there for that moment. Well, Ivis, let's dive into the show. The first thing, as we mentioned in the league, MLS expansion, Orlando City and New York City FC will conduct a draw on Wednesday that will determine numerous uh, circumstances for 2015 regarding MLS expansion, MLS draft, and on top of other things like that. You know, if you're a fan of those teams, kind of what, what is the thing that you're looking for on Wednesday? Well, I actually wrote a piece for Goal.com kind of giving some detail into what each of the mechanisms are. But for those of you who don't know what's going on, uh, the two teams are going to uh, are going to have a draw. Basically, it's a coin flip. Uh, for whatever reason, MLS hates the idea of coin flips. So now they've done away with them completely. Now they call them draws. And Shocking. listen, MLS, check it out. If there's two possible outcomes of equal possibility, it's a coin flip. Get over it. But anyway, I think they missed the boat on that. I really think you could have had a nice big coin, NYCFC on one side, Orlando City on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole draw thing, I mean, it was a fiasco with the Jermaine Jones deal. And now this time around, have you know they're going to actually uh, air it. They're going to stream it online. And a coin flip just would have been better, man. They, they, they just they totally missed the boat. But anyway, I digress. What is on the line is basically the chance for the these two teams – to, de- to kind of determine their fate and how they build their teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team that wins the draw will be able to decide what they want to pick first in. So let's say Orlando City wins the draw. More than likely, they're going to pick the right to have the first selection in the expansion draft. And the reason that's the most valuable commodity in this whole thing is because they're going to have their pick of available MLS players, veterans, established players. And there's going to be some talent out there. Even though teams can protect quite a bit of players uh, there will be quality talent available, and you want to have that first pick from that regard. Uh, after that, you have the MLS draft itself, the number one pick in that. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, let, let's just say NYCFC has the second pick, and they're, they're probably going to go and select that. And what that does, you'll have the number one pick in the draft. Uh, there is no kind of consensus number one, like no-brainer number one pick. There are some talented players in the college game that could end up being that guy. UConn's Kyle Laren is certainly a guy that, from what I've heard, both teams are interested in. 
so you could see him sign the the UConn striker, Canadian national team striker. Uh, so he's someone who I think you know it, whoever ends up with the number one pick in the draft could absolutely end up with him. Uh, and then other uh, among the others, you have the uh, number one spot in the allocation order. That's also on the line, and that's as we've seen through the years. That has value. That has trade value. Yeah, allocation after the expansion draft, you have to assume that's probably going to be the second one taken off the board. No. Uh, it, it could be. It absolutely could be. Uh, I think the, the the draft is a nice chip to have as well. Uh, I, I think, especially like for me, I know Orlando City really knows the the, the college game. Mm-hmm. Uh, their GM Paul McDonough is pretty tied into the college game. He knows who the top prospects are, and I, and I think the 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 ability to have that control of the draft is is going to be appealing. It's going to be appealing. So I, I agree with you. The allocations, the top allocation spot, could be the second thing off the board. But I think the draft will be uh, uh, be enticing, especially when you have a player like Kyle Aaron, who's so highly regarded. You also have UCLA's Leo Stolz, although I'm hearing Stolz is is is, a, is very possible. He's going to go to Europe. Obviously, he's from Germany, so he you know he doesn't have to stay in MLS. But there's a few good blue chip prospects there. So those are the th- for me those are the three top uh, commodities in this draft draw. So. Uh, you definitely want to win because I think, like, let's just say you're New York City FC, you're Jason Christ. You want to have that first pick in the expansion draft. You want to go. You want to be able to just have your pick of any number of players. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now, Real Salt Lake, Seattle, Sporting Kansas City, all those teams are going to have multiple good players available in this expansion draft. And if you're Christ and you have a chance to get one of your one of your old RSL guys, uh, you're going to want to have, be able to have that ability to do that. Mm-hmm. There's also other things on here, too, that are appealing for a club like Orlando City. You also have the USL Pro NASL player party ranking. I mean, Orlando City playing in USL Pro is familiar with a lot of these players. You have discovery ranking. So, I mean, look, there's a lot of things on here. I well, mean, each one does look pretty good. Uh, to me, I don't know. I see, well, the, I no, see the, the allocation four. being the number two off the board because the, the bargaining that you have with that – you know, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna they're gonna get calls immediately if you're Orlando City. I mean, no, New York might not, want that no, one, but I just see not, that as as a huge trade value. It's not gonna it's not gonna be immediate. It's usually mm. those things usually move in this late spring, early summer, summer window. That's when we usually see a lot of movement on that front. So, if anything, if you want a more immediate impact, you you might look at other options. The the USL Pro, NASL uh, top pick that that's pretty valuable and i think the people who don't follow nasl or usl pro might think that there's not talent on there but there absolutely is talent on there obviously orlando city is familiar with usl pro and hey jason christ is familiar with nasl he's brought in players from nasl before yep. uh to rsl so he has that background in that in that regard so i i think that i think the top four is pretty clear cut uh the last kind of two or three are, are pretty much whatever non-factors because it's like one is like the lottery, and then you're not even the top pick in, uh, of potential future lotteries, uh, and so. But definitely those top four or five, or actually I'd say top four that are all really valuable. I think. Yeah, well, that will be happening on Wednesday, as uh, Iris said. You can you can watch the stream, which I'm sure the conspiracy theorists out there will still determine that the stream will somehow be bugged and you know it's all fake and it's all behind closed doors. So. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna. I'll be heading in NYC to meet up with some people uh, from Orlando City and New York City uh, FC. So uh, I'm gonna see if I can sneak in and see it up close and personal. Oh, I'm not so, sure. If so you may be on the conspiracy theory. Oh, all right, look at this uh, I, I inside I, man. I appreciate. This, I don't know. Either. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be allowed in. I don't know what the the, the deals is with that. Oh, so uh, that uh, definitely conspiracy theory. Then if you're not allowed in. 
I don't really, I don't really care, man. I don't need to see it as long as there's a video stream. I pretty, I, I doubt MLS would go to the trouble of trying to like uh, doctor video footage of. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be witnesses there, so uh, I don't think it'll be that serious. But it'll, it'll be interesting. It, I, it, you know, it, it'll be as interesting as a draw in a conference room can be. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see who, who winds up with what. Uh, well, that draft. Will, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> You know what I just – it's presented by Jimmy Conrad, and I remember the last time we saw Jimmy Conrad. What did he say? He said, I'm a love child between Alexi Lawless and Dax McCarty. I don't know why that just popped in my head from Portland. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that will be – you can watch the stream on MLS Soccer at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 on the West Coast. Um, sorry, I don't know why that popped in my head, Ivis. Um Moving over to other Major League Soccer news, we've been talking about this for a while. Philadelphia Union and their minute in their search for a new head coach. You are reporting that Jim Curtin will be taking over for the Philadelphia Union. You and I both agree that we think this is a great move, but you know, stop the brakes here, Ivis. You know, please calm down some people who think that this is another Hackworth signing in the making. Well, it's natural, I think, for some people to have that concern that that this is eerily similar to when the union uh, made John Hackworth their permanent head coach. I think Curtin's track record in in his time as interim is has been better than Hackworth's. And, uh, you know, it, the only time will tell, right? Only time will tell if, if Curtin's the answer. I think just talking to players and also talking to him, I mean, I really feel like he's ready for this opportunity. And, you know, it, re- it was really interesting to see what Philly was doing, what they were thinking in the process. And let, let's be clear, folks. Nothing has been announced yet uh, as we're doing this show late Tuesday evening. Nothing's official, uh, but I am reporting it. My sources tell me, uh, my pretty good sources on this, that, that the job is his. I, I think multiple outlets are reporting it now. Um, and it's a good move. You know, I, I know there was a lot of talk about Randy Mullenstein. Uh, I, I always thought that was a disaster waiting to happen. Um, there, you know, there was obviously talk about guys like Jesse Marsh, Tony Miola, John Harks. I don't know how realistic those options were. I think of those, I think Marsh might probably the most realistic one. Uh, but Curtin, Curtin seems like the right guy, especially for this group of players and, and thinking about long term. And uh, they're not going to have a – I think this offseason is going to be an interesting one for them because you're going to have some guys move on. There's going to be some roster upheaval. There's no guarantee who's – you know when you want to talk about certain guys like Marisa Du, who is on loan, remember, from Stoke City. They still have to sort that out. Are they going to spend the money to make it a uh, to, to complete a move for him uh, to have him stay in Philly? Amobi uh, Akugo is out of contract, and you know if you're asking me right now, do I think he'll be back? I would bet against it. So there's going to be some upheaval on that team. And uh, hey, this season's not over yet. Curtin now has some job security, and you'd like to think that you know now he could focus on getting them into the playoffs. And I think they have the team to do it. Well, yeah. Now, speaking of what, what Curtin can now do, not, now that he has the job, it's now guaranteed. He can also plan for next season. What has been kind of the, the thing that's impressed you the most about him? Because, as you said, I mean, Philadelphia is making a run here for the playoffs. They, they look great in the U.S. Open Cup, you know, losing to Seattle Sounders. But under him, I mean, Philadelphia has, has, looked, has looked very good for the most part. Right. Here's the thing I, I'd say about the union, right? Uh, early on in the year, they had really, really disappointing results. But they weren't playing bad soccer. The talent has always been on this team. It's not like they've had some some tra- roster transformation. The team that they have, for the most part, right now, is the same team that they that they built early in the season, back when Rob Artusian was the general manager and Hackworth was the coach. They built a pretty good roster, and I said it in the you know in the off season when we talked about uh, which teams impressed us the most. I thought the, the I thought the Union impressed me the most with the moves that they made. The problem was early in the season. 
the play was not matching the results. There were several games they played really well, but they'd make mistakes late in games. They'd cost themselves points, wins, and ties. That added up. And, I mean, if they played, if their results matched their play, uh, John Hackworth might not have been fired. But the problem was they weren't, their play, the results were not matching the play. Uh, but now Jim, what Jim Curtin's done is he's really helped cut down on the mistakes, helped instill some serious defensive discipline. And they've had some things go their way as well. I mean, having Carlos Valdez come back is obviously a big step. Uh, getting some guys healthy, the, uh, Andrew Wenger settling in. Uh, after you know the, the trade, the Jack McInerney trade that shocked everybody, and and I think he he was forcing it a bit, and I think he needed some time to settle in and gain confidence. So everything that could go well has gone well. But Curtin, to his credit, has also put guys in position to succeed, and now they're they're in prime position. They're only two points out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. two points behind Columbus, and they play the Crew two out of the last three games. So their future, their fate is in their hands. And just amazing how convenient that is. Well, Philadelphia will be looking ahead as Major League Soccer released the 2014 playoff schedule. They kick off Ivis October 29th and 30th midweek, move into November the first and second week, and then you got a tight schedule last week in November, first week in December. What game? I mean, you you need to start getting on your schedule right now, Ivis, booking these flights. <laughs> well, I can't book the flights until I know uh, which teams are are playing where. Funny that you mentioned that. You're kidding. But I was literally just last last night or the other night or the night before, I was looking at the dates of last year's playoffs and trying to get a sense of which dates I might be traveling because, you know, I had been planning to take some trips out to the West Coast in October uh, to check out uh, Seattle, L.A., Portland, RSL. I was going to take a few trips out there. But, you know, with, with the wet, the playoffs looming, I'm going to probably go to I wet, go out west for the playoffs I might just stay back east because the playoffs are so tight in the Eastern Conference, uh, that, and there's so many big games in these fi- in this final month of the season that I that I'll be able to go to. Not pretty close to my where where I live. I, I'm probably not going to be traveling uh, as much in October as I was originally planning. I'm going to hold off that stuff until the playoffs. I'm sure I'll have a chance to be in Seattle. I'm sure I'll have a chance to be in LA. Uh, come playoff time. Oh, so, for uh, sure. One of those teams is going to be hosting the cup final, Ivis. So stay, well, in the, stay, stay in the East Coast, <laughs> man. Just stay out there. It's fine. Just come out here in December. Uh, hey, hey, hey. There's no guarantee those teams are going to host uh, the final. Hey, look. They, one of the lower seeds in the West could pull a surprise. You never know, man. It's uh, it's not whatever Ooh, happens. Your, your, your Portland Timbers? <laughs> My Portland. <laughs> hey, F- hey, how about FC Dallas, man? FC Dallas is a pretty dangerous team. You know? Who wants to go to Dallas? It's going to be cold I'm in not December. talking about... No one's talking about who wants to do what. It's about what's a possibility. And anyway, back to the point. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I have. <laughs> I'm not booking my travel yet, but I'm sure there'll be a chance to go out west in in November. Yeah, man. Just look. It's going to be in L.A. We can go to the beach. We can wear a t-shirt and shorts in December. I mean, how nice does that sound? Well, I will say this for those who missed it. MLS did announce that the MLS Cup final is Sunday. December seventh, and apparently now Garrett will not be there. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna be there. Yes, he has a. Uh, he has to celebrate his girlfriend's birthday, so he's. Uh, <laughs> he will be on the leash that weekend. This is this is all true as well. Ivis is not making this up, so I, I will try my hardest over the next. Look, I asked her, Ivis, okay, and she gave me the look of like, "Are you serious?" Like, it's like it was like the death stare. That's the first off. It's more like that's like that's how you do the the whip. I mean, what is this? An East Coast whip? Come on, come on, Ivis. Look, look. 
<laughs> if it's in L.A., I could probably convince her to come out. So that's I'm also hoping like because like look, Kansas City, I, I've never been that cold in my life. You know, and I, people need to be concerned <laughs> about me and things that I want. My biggest regret is not taking more Instagram video of you limping around <laughs> <laughs> like you couldn't walk. It was hilarious. I'm, that's why I'm afraid to play in the media cup. I'm afraid that I'm going to get injured again and I'm going to be that guy. Oh, how'd you get hurt? Oh, I was playing in the media cup. Oh, you know the one where everyone's overweight? Yeah, that one. Overweight and out of shape? Yeah, that that one. Oh, my God. I'm never playing in a media cup ever again, Ivis. <laughs> anyway, let, let's move on. This is totally uh, gone off the rails Okay, here. anyway, point is you can check the schedule. It's out. I'm sure everyone's excited about this one. Uh, you know, excited about the schedule. It's out so you can start planning ahead. Moving over to some other Major League Soccer news. There are reports coming out. The LA Galaxy are linked to Italian midfielder and stud Pirlo. I think this is awesome. I would love to see him playing in Major League Soccer. You're seeing these people saying, oh, this is a retirement league. Look, I, I don't buy any of that. I think this would be a great move, Ivis, bringing him over and having him play Major League Soccer. Listen, anyone who has a problem with Andrea Pirlo coming to MLS is an idiot. The guy is class. He's a quality player. He, he will it will only benefit the league to have a player of his quality come to MLS and he strikes me as a as a first class professional mm-hmm. I don't think he's coming here for a vacation I think if he comes here he's coming here because he, he wants to experience the US and he's gonna want to play at a good level he can still bring it folks anyone who doesn't get that he can still play at a high level doesn't follow international well, soccer they, they that much they didn't watch the World Cup then yeah, I mean, he guy can still he can ball. The guy can ball. L A. Obviously, with Landon Donovan retiring, they're going to have that designated play, player slot freed up, and and uh, and who knows with the the next CBA, there might be more uh, designated player slots. But he he's a perfect guy because I mean, look, I don't know how his English. I don't think his English is that great. Uh, I, I, I should say I don't know if his English is that great. But he, like, if you want to think of a guy to have in L A. to be. You know the paparazzi snapping pictures of and to put them on billboards and this and that. I mean, who better than Pirlo with that hair and that beard? Uh, it, it, it's like he's a perfect poster poster boy, right? And, and then on the field, the class that he brings. I mean, you put Pirlo behind Keenan's artists. It's, it's oh. not even gonna be. It's not even gonna be fair. I mean, come on. So uh, it, hopefully it ha- hopefully happens. I mean, hopefully Pirlo comes to MLS, right? Whether it's LA or anybody else. Pirlo in L- in MLS is a positive, and anyone talking about retirement league, yeah, it's, it's probably the, it's probably it's probably the same kind of person who who said retirement league about Terry Henry, and Terry Henry has been great for MLS. Yeah. So I think some pe- I think people need to get over this whole retirement league. Yes, older look, older players can benefit the league, and they have. Robbie Keane benefited the league and continues to benefit the benefit the league. We don't want guys who are under absolute last legs and haven't been good in five years. Yes. That you can question, no doubt about that. No, you should like the league. No one in the league should ever spend millions of dollars on someone who hasn't been good for a long time. But if you want to talk about a guy who's still getting it done in Serie A, just played in the World Cup, yes, has, has been class for for over a decade. Like it's a no brainer, folks. Bring Pirlo here immediately. No, I I agree with you 100 on that. That just when I saw those arguments, people were saying, I was like, man, you, you did not watch the World Cup and see how good he is. I in, in looking at the Galaxy, I mean. You know, in terms of players that they need to replace Landon Donovan, I mean, you think that this, I mean, is this the guy at the top of the list of the best ways to replace Donovan? Or, or if this doesn't work out, I mean, are there other possibilities of guys out there that you think could be just as good for the Galaxy? Well, I mean, he's not obviously not like him and Donovan aren't the same kind of player. I mean, he's a more, bit more of a deep lying midfielder and he can create from deep. Uh, and Donovan's obviously more, plays in a more advanced role. So, if if the rumors come true in uh, in the sense that there might be more DPs 
uh, in the future, and you can see teams with, say, four DPs or five Ooh. DPs. Uh, if that happens, then yes, then obviously beca- Pirlo gives you one piece. Then you go get maybe a more advanced uh, position, uh, a player who's played like a forward, a, a forward or, or a winger uh, as a DP. And look, there's no guarantee Omar Gonzalez is going to be around either in 2015. That's something to think about as well because t- the, 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 the transfer the – transfer, uh, buzzards are circling on that regard. I mean, teams oh, really? are int- what, what are you hearing, Ibis? No, that's it's common knowledge that that he impressed at the World Cup and the teams down in Mexico have been interested in him for some time. So he could go. So you could see Donovan and Omar Gonzalez both go in in the winter. And if that, if you get both those guys going, LA's definitely got to hit the market pretty hard. I I always I just always want to get the bum 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 and get you to to break some news on the show. I mean I don't I, I don't I, I listen I don't break stuff on the show. I break it on gold.com, my my employer, and then from gold.com it goes to SBI, and then we we offer the in depth analysis on the SBI show. First it's a, off, it's a tried and true formula. First off, I'm your employer. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You mail me checks every month. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that. right. Yeah. yeah, did you get my one that I sent this month? Yeah, I've been missing. Well, it must have got lost. <laughs> I haven't got one in a while, i got to tell you. Yeah, uh, neither have I. Uh, speaking of teams in <laughs> Yeah, let me check my ledger. Yeah, speaking of teams in L.A., Ivis, uh, and also speaking of goal, you wrote a piece on goal.com. I thought it was wonderful. It was a great argument for what to do about Chivas USA. There are reports coming out with the league, as everyone should know at this point, that the league is... is considering the possibility of not allowing Chivas USA to play in 2015 as they reorganize the club with the new owner and get them ramped up to 2016 season. You, on your piece, Goal.com, spoke about the possibility of moving Chivas USA down to USL Pro, giving the owner an opportunity to learn how to run a professional franchise and get it back up to Major League Soccer the following season. Can you elaborate more on this? Because it was a very interesting piece that you wrote on Goal.com. Right. Well, I definitely want to. I want to offer some detail and clarification on the piece because there were there was clearly a subset of people who completely missed the point of the of the article in question. The ultimately, the main point of my piece was MLS has to do something about Chivas USA, and there are reports now that apparently uh, league officials are against the, the idea of shutting the team down. Uh, obviously, Sports Illustrated a while back, they were the first to report the possibility that the league would would shut Chivas USA down uh, and kind of have the league with one less team for a year and then have a new owner start from scratch a year later. Mm-hmm. And and now there's talk of uh, – and now ESPN followed through with a report saying that league officials are opposed to that. And, and it's understandable because that would not be a good look for the league in the sense of uh, overall stability. And when you're a league that's looking for, you know, nine figure uh, nine figure franchise fees and are and are still pushing for for stadiums in different parts of the country, you don't want that black eye. Uh, you don't want that on your resume of a team having been disappeared or having been shut down. So I offered an alternative to that. My, my main point was, yes, look, MLS can't just do nothing. They can't just have Chivas USA back in 2015. Uh, with the same name and the same problems, because mm-hmm. the, they're bringing, they're dragging the league down. There's no other way to say it. They're dragging the league down. The, their attendances are embarrassing. The play of the team is embarrassing. What the team has been devolved into is a joke. So the the league has to act. And I gave a, a, my, my suggestion, and all the way, it was a simple, pretty simple suggestion. You 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 shut down Chivas USA as constituted, like the name of the team. 
and and the and and the MLS team, then you take the assets. You take the players who are willing to to make a move, and you take the academy, uh, which is an important aspect that I don't think people realize the that Chivas as something, USA Academy is very good. Chivas, academy. Yeah, the Chivas USA Academy is, a, is quality. I mean, they got some talented players there. They got some top-notch coaches there. They I may do. not agree. I may not agree with. So the philosophy, not all of the philosophies of some of the coaches there, but they, they very intelligent coaches yes. there. The system is there, and what happens if you just shut Chivas USA down for a year? Then you leave them in limbo. Like it's a, so. My alternative was take all those assets and and have a USL Pro team for a year with these assets. It wouldn't be Chivas USA. It would be called whatever a new a new owner would want to call it, or it'd be some name that MLS could settle on, and have them be in USL Pro for a year. And I know some people are like, "Oh, why would USL Pro do that? It makes no sense." Number one, it wouldn't take much for for a, a USL Pro team to get thrown together pretty quickly, as you know. Uh, and uh, yeah. it, 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 as your your experience is Arizona, you, you're, the team you work for did a pretty good job of, of mm-hmm. putting a, t- a team together very quickly, got it running off the ground. With MLS's uh, uh, help and assistance doing that, the same thing can happen with the assets of Chivas USA, whatever you would want to call them. You could call them the LA Salsa, whatever whatever name you want to give <laughs> oh, come them. Come on, something better than that. Well, and that just I think that was actually a team at one point. Really? In, back, oh yeah, back in the day, the LA Salsa. It was a youth team, I think. Well, whatever it was. But anyway, <laughs> we're getting away from we're getting away from the point. Have that team play in USL Pro for a year. You have your you have your Chivas USA players that you still want to keep together as a nucleus, right? Have them play for a year, and then the the new owner because they haven't even made a deal yet with an owner. It's not like they've sold the team yet; they haven't. But let's just say when the deal gets done, then that owner can have a year to work with that structure of a team, and it's like it's like a starter kit for an MLS team. Operate that for a year. And then in 2016, bang, you're in MLS, you have a nucleus, you can give it a new name, and you have a lot of the parts that you still would want to keep. Um, and, and, then, and then you give the team the name, you do the rebranding, and then the added benefit of that is you take the, the, Chivas, UFA, the Chivas USA fans that exist. And yes, folks, there are Chivas USA fans. I know people like to joke about it, but there are Chivas USA fans who are committed who are emotionally invested in the team, you give those fans a reason to have an attachment to the new team, mm-hmm. right? Because the way the way it works, if you just eliminate Chivas USA off the face of the earth, no anything left, and then have nothing for a year, and then bring back a new team, why are those old Chivas USA fans going to just hop on board? Now, if you carry over the nucleus, if you carry over the academy, carry over the young players like Caleb Calvert or a guy like Dan Kennedy – where you could send off on loan for a year and bring back and have be kind of one of the figureheads of the new LA team, then you know it. it a it, it keeps some of the ties that you want to still keep from the old franchise, and B I think it, it it has a less of an impact on the league overall because then you know what maybe you don't have to have an expansion draft for that team because they have that nucleus or, or and maybe that might not be enough maybe you might have to work it out still and have some sort of an expansion draft. But it was just a suggestion. I'm not. I don't really think it's going to happen. I was just trying to think outside the box because I. I on while on one hand I think they got to get Chivas. They got to get rid of Chivas USA. But I also completely understand uh, what you risk by completely eliminating Chivas USA. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, league would be down to twenty teams, so it would be even. But I agree, man. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't look good on the league. It'd be bad. 
And, yeah, I mean, look, Chivas usually reports that they have good attendances, but when you watch those games on Sunday, Ibis, there's a 1,000 people there, 2,000 max. And also, as, as we said, the, the academy system, it is good, but the problem is Chivas USA is such a dysfunctional organization that all those academy players move over to the LA Galaxy or go to Real Socal. So Chivas USA, from top to bottom, has so many issues that they have to fix to kind of right the ship in the correct direction. I think moving down to USL Pro would be great for them. I think it'd be great also for USL Pro. To don't, don't, that <laughs> hey, just to be clear, yes, don't call yes. it moving. Don't call it moving no, down. Right. You're right. I'm sorry. Call it establishing a team in USL Pro because when you say, you know, and we you, talked you, about you this earlier. I mean. You know what I mean. I, I know what you mean. I'm just clarifying it for people listening because there are there's that subset of people who who, who want to try to call this some variation of promotion no, and not. relegation. It is not promotion and relegation, folks. By no means. This does not mean uh, relegating Chivas USA. It means eliminating Chivas USA and taking the leftovers, keeping them together, kind of in limbo, uh, in escrow in a way, and then in a year bringing them back. It's it's pretty it's pretty simple. Uh, is it practical? I don't. I, I you know I'm not the guy to, to to speak to the realistic practicality of the of such a such a move because obviously USL Pro would have to sign off. And I'm sure their ties with MLS now, they kind of, you know, if MLS really wanted it, I mean, could USL Pro say no? But it's just a suggestion because I, I, all I know is I watched that Toronto FC game, Chivas USA Toronto FC, and it, it was embarrassing. That team was embarrassing. And look, we've had bad teams in MLS before, but that team is a joke. And when they're at home, they don't draw. No, it, no one's it, there. It, it's just sucking the life out of it. It's really a black eye on the league. They need to do something about it. Well, Ivis, we need to move over and recap the previous week, MLS Week 29. Tons of really good matchups. Uh, one that we discussed, Vancouver and Portland. Portland defeated Vancouver 3-0 to for the second time in uh, in three matches. And uh, look, Ivis, Portland, I mean, this is a massive win for them. Not only uh, playoff position, but, I mean, look, Vancouver and Portland are fighting for that fifth and final spot in the playoff in the, in the Western Conference playoffs. I think it's fair to say it's over. It's over, folks. Vancouver, uh, from a, when you want to talk about just from a mental standpoint, Portland smashed the Whitecaps. They smashed them twice now in a month. And this is a game that they, you know, no one, Vancouver didn't have to win this game. But for them to lose the way they did, I don't know how you get off the mat from that. And the confidence it gives Portland is, a, it, 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 we saw it tonight, Tuesday night. They, they turned yeah, around and smoked they sh- Alpha United. They destroyed Alpha United. Was it 6-0? 6-0. Portland is starting to gain momentum, and Vancouver is not going to catch them now. And I, look, I'm sure something could happen. Uh, you know, uh, Hey, maybe I'm jinxing uh, Portland right now, but the Timbers, they're putting it all together. It's starting to come together, and Vancouver missed their chance. This was the game for them to make a statement, mm-hmm. and they just didn't do it. They just didn't do it. Well, when you look at Portland, as you, as you just said, I mean, they, they did win on Tuesday night, you know, defeating Alpha United 6-0, to which is, you know, every team's kind of beating up on them in CONCACAF Champions League. But, I mean, is Portland for real now? I mean, they're undefeated in the last... Uh, in the last six matches in all competitions. But the only problem is when you look at their MLS performance, I have two wins over Vancouver. Okay, that's a borderline playoff team. Then you have draws against San Jose and Colorado. I mean, Portland hasn't beat anyone that's, you know, in the thick of the playoff race. They're going to be finishing a top seed in their respective conference, you know, divisions for the playoff race. I mean, how for real is Portland right now? Well, that's the thing. That's why you can't really j- jump to conclusions uh, on what, what's been happening. I mean, the two big wins that... Uh, the two wins that they've had since August are both, like you said, against Vancouver. 
uh, the schedule upcoming for them, it kind of shakes up pretty well. They have Toronto, who I just even though they blew out Chivas USA, they did not impress me. Then they play San Jose twice, uh, a team they should definitely be able to beat. But then they got a few. They close out with a few tough games that should provide some answers, and that's Real Salt Lake and FC Dallas in their last two games. I think those games will really tell us just how for real they are. But if you're a Portland fan, you have to be feeling good about seeing your team put it together a bit and show a little more quality, uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint with all the all the problems that they've had. And look, let's be let's be clear: the two shutouts that they've had uh lately uh the th- they've had three shutouts now in their last what seven MLS games the three shutouts were one Chivas USA and then the two to Vancouver so uh you, you can feel good about that if you're a Timbers fan and obviously the team is gaining confidence but we won't know how for real this team is until those games at the end of the regular season uh, moving over to the Eastern Conference New York Red Bulls are in an interesting situation they defeated Seattle Sounders at home four to one which is an outstanding victory but they're still fighting for a playoff spot. But when you look at New York's their last four matches, which they're undefeated in, wins over Sporting Kansas City, DC United, Seattle Sounders, and a draw against the Philadelphia Union. I mean, it's amazing, Ivis, that for New York to defeat three quality teams, they are still fighting for a playoff spot. But I mean, what a victory for them this past weekend at home over Seattle! I gotta tell you, look, they they took care of business. They, uh, it, it must be said, and you can't ignore the fact things have gone pretty well for them over this course of games because before this stretch of games when we looked at it when we looked at the schedule we were like oh this is this is murderer's row right here this is not gonna this is gonna tell us a lot about them and look to their credit they've they've gotten the results right they've gotten the results they've needed they've stepped it up but they, they've had a few things go their way sporting kansas city they played a sporting kc team that that had hit a, a, a bad run of form there's no doubt about it they were in the middle of a bad run of form uh, Results-wise, then they played DC. We obviously had the red card that, let's face it, shouldn't have been a red card. Changed the game to their benefit. Then you then you get down to Philly, tough Philly team. There were a lot of calls that went both ways. So you know that, that hard fought. They showed well in that game. They didn't have Bradley Wright Phillips, and they still got a result. So credit to them. And th- and then you had this game against Seattle, where they play a Seattle team resting many of their starters, three fourths of their back line. Both their star forwards, and, and so it was kind of a, almost like a gift of three points. Uh, you know, they still had to play well, right? They still had to perform because Seattle's even Seattle's second team could beat a lot of teams. So credit to the Red Bulls, but they've been pretty fortunate in this run. They've been it's a, so a combination of for, uh, of good fortune and also good play. But things things you know they, they they've got some games to deal with now. They 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 got to go to LA. That's not going to be an easy one. That's that's the toughest one. That they're going to have for a while. If they get a draw there or they get a, manage to get a win there, which is going to be tough. East, East Coast teams going west uh, generally don't do well. But let's say they get a result there. All of a sudden you're going Houston, TFC, Columbus in your next three. Shapes up pretty well for them. So where a month ago I was starting to really question their playoff chances. Now I really like them because they got through this stretch of games 10 points out of 12. And that's completely changed things. And they're playing with more confidence now. Now you have to start taking them seriously. And, and I got to say, Terry Henry, as he gets closer to the playoffs and he starts to taste that 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 la- what could be his last go-round, I think he's really going to step his game up. And I think they're in really great posi- really great shape right now. Well, you talk about confidence. I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips, Ivis, is, is a goal-scoring machine right now. And he just looks unstoppable. I mean, and with the way he's playing, if you're a New York fan, you have to be feeling really good about yourself. And... Look, Ivis, give me a percentage. What is the chance that Bradley Wright Phillips sets the MLS scoring record? 
Uh, I would put it uh, looking at the remaining schedule. I would give him. A, I'd give him a sixty percent chance. I think he has a good chance of breaking it. Uh, he has to stay healthy, uh, and uh, with the games that they have, there'll be some scoring chances there for him. And what does he need? Three more to tie the record. So he needs four goals yep. in his in his last five games. That's a pretty good clip. Of, uh, you know, it's not a gimme. It's not a gimme. But the way he's playing and the way the Red Bulls are playing, I think he has. I think he has a legitimate. A better than 50-50 chance to break it. I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips. I mean, that has to be the biggest surprise this season, right? Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I had I had him pegged for ten goals, and I thought I was being generous. So I mean, he's blown that away. So credit to all credit to him. He's done it. Yeah, and and think about this now. He scored one goal in his first seven games. <laughs> I know. One goal in the first seven games of the season for the Red Bulls, and back then, early part of the season, there was there was talk then of okay, did, why did they keep this guy? Uh, why did they let a spindle go? What a mistake. <clears throat> he's turned it around. He's completely lit it up. I think it's like 23 goals in 21 games since then. Unbelievable scoring rate. So credit to him and uh, credit to the Red Bulls for, for sticking with him and giving him the chance. Uh, Columbus crew, big victory for them, defeating New England Revolution uh, 1-0. Frederico Higuain with a nice free kick goal. He did have an unfortunate PK stopped by uh, Bobby Shuttleworth. Very nice save from him. But uh, for Columbus, Ivis in, in the tight playoff race, the Eastern Conference, I mean, this is a big victory for them. They keep getting it done, man. And, and, and every week I look at them and I say, yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to keep that pace up. They lost Gio Gonzalez. They're they're, they're, they're going to fall. They're going to fall short, and they keep getting the results. They keep the you know when you look at what do they have six wins in their last uh, ten matches, or six two and two and ten. That's a pretty good clip. They're they're in great position. Am I sold yet? No, I am not sold. I think you know obviously they haven't clinched a thing yet, and they have those two games against Philly later in the year. Uh, but you have to give them credit. Give Greg Berhalter credit for having them in this position, but the, the remaining schedule is no pushover for them. When you think of the five games they have left, they played Montreal, who's playing much better now, with Piatti Mo- coming in. Montreal looks great right now, right, right. compared to where they were a couple yeah. months ago. <laughs> credit, credit, really, yeah, really, uh, you got to give credit to Frank Klobas. He's really got him playing well. Then they go New England, which is, you know, they have to go to New England, uh, which is, is not going to be easy. Then you get Philly, Red Bulls, Philly. And those are going to be some serious, serious dogfights. So we're going to, you know what? If, if the crew make the playoffs, they will have absolutely earned it. Uh, and the fact that they're still in it, you got to give Greg Berhalter a lot of credit because to lose Gio Gonzalez, their best defender, mm-hmm. at that point in the season, it could have been an, it could have been disastrous. But they've managed to keep it rolling. Yeah. What What are the realistic chances for the crew though? Because it was nice for a while when, when Justin Miram was, was hot, you know, but come on, as we all know, he wasn't going to be able to keep that up all, all season long. And, and I mean, a lot of this is going to rest on the shoulders of Frederico Higuain. I mean, can he, you know, lead the Columbus crew into the playoffs? I mean, do you see that actually happening? No, uh, I don't. I think it can, but I don't think it will. Cause, because when you look at the remaining schedule, and you look at their team, and then you look at a, and you look at Philadelphia. You know, I look at Philadelphia. They're uh, they're unbeaten in their last five league games, um, and I just think they're a more talented team. So since they they're pretty close to each other, Columbus has a two point lead. They play each other twice. I think it's close enough that I think Philly's going to get it done. I think Philly's going to leapfrog them, and I think they're going to take the spot. Real Salt Lake defeated the Colorado Rapids five to one at home. Colorado did go up a goal, Ivis, for a time, and then Real Salt Lake just put the you know put put their throat you know put their 
and I can't, I can't think of the expression right now, but look, they just shellacked Colorado Rapids, defeated them 5-1, to one. and uh, look, it was also another big victory for RSLs trying to look to keep pace with the uh, LA Galaxy Seattle Signers in the Western Conference. Yeah, I don't think anyone should be surprised by this. Colorado's, the wheels have fallen off. Uh, you know, the Drew, Drew Moore injury really was kind of the last straw, and, and their season was always going to kind of fall apart after that. Uh, you got to wonder what Mastroeni's future is there. I personally think they should... You know, if you're gonna hire the guy, you got to give him more than a year. If you're gonna get, if you're gonna hire an inexperienced guy, you got to give him more than a year to see what he can do. He obviously uh, invested a lot of time in young players, and, and on one hand, you want to give him credit for that, but on the other hand, it's getting ugly, man. They've had some absolutely awful. This they looked hor- uh, horrible in this game. Yeah, it I mean, they've bad. had some. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've given up what four? They've given up at least four goals in four out of the last six games. Uh, their defense is getting destroyed, uh, but RSL credit to them. I mean, they they did what they had to do, and and our our scenario. This I think we talked about it last show. I I painted the picture, the scenario where Seattle and LA yep. slow down, beat each other up, and and then at the tape, RSL comes comes down the stretch, nips them at the tape. It could still happen, folks. As of right now, RSL is five points behind those teams with five games to go. Their schedule is much more favorable, and as we know, Seattle and L.A. play each other twice. And if they beat each other up those two games, and let's just say hypothetically they tie those two games, RSL could absolutely leapfrog both those teams. Oh, you look at RSL's schedule for the remaining games, and yeah, I mean, it's it's much more, it's an easier path. I mean, Vancouver, Chivas USA, San Jose, Portland, and Chivas USA. I mean, those are six points right there guaranteed, you could say, against Chivas USA. So... And and then you have Saborio coming back. Th- things are on the up and up for RSL at the right time. Always seems to be like that. Uh, Philadelphia and Houston, Ivis, they played to a, uh, a lackluster, scoreless draw. Uh, missed opportunity for Philadelphia. For Houston, they keep hanging around. Uh, outside chance of making the playoffs. But, uh, you know, Philadelphia, after losing the U.S. Open Cup, you know, you're hoping for a victory this past weekend and just, uh, you know, unfortunate for them to come away with a draw, you know, especially with, you know, Columbus and New York uh, winning this past week. Okay, three points I'll make real quick. Philly, they couldn't finish. Houston, Tyler Derrick did a great job. I know their fans love him and believe he'll be just as good as uh, Tally All. He looked he looked pretty good in that game. And my third point, I, I know I've been saying it all year. You can't count out Dom Kinnear. You can't count out Dom Kinnear. But you got to be realistic at this point. You look at the schedule. You look at where they are. Right now they are seven points out of the playoffs. They have six games left, but they have two teams in front of them. In Philly and Toronto, that's a lot of teams to leapfrog. Columbus and, you, and Philly play each other twice, so the, somebody's going to get points out of those teams. It's just, I think at this point, with the injuries and the and the, what they have to make up, I think it's it. I think this is it. I think we got to call it time of death for Houston's playoff chances, I think, was this weekend. I think they needed the three points. They didn't get them. And as of right now, I'm calling it. I don't think, I just, I, I think Houston... The magic is ended. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. And the LA Galaxy defeated FC Dallas uh, 2-1. to one. Big victory for the Galaxy. Missed opportunity for FC Dallas. Even though they were up a goal early, uh, Robbie Keane and then Alan Gordon, who has been the second-half acquisition of the, of, of the year for Major League Soccer, scores yeah. another goal for the Galaxy. I don't know about that. I think Fernando Adi, uh, uh, I think he was acquired second half of the season. He's been... He's, Done pretty well for Portland, but Alan no. Gordon credit. is killing it right now. I know. So is Fernando Adi. I just scored two goals against Vancouver. Uh, but look, credit to Gordon. He's been amazing. He's been amazing since he's joined LA again. Uh, when he's gone from just on the bench in San Jose 
to, to crushing it for L.A. His presence just allows them to do so many things. And you know what? L.A., man, they're, they're, they're putting it together. They've caught Seattle now. Seattle does have a game in hand. We haven't forgot that, folks. Um, and Seattle does play Dallas uh, on Wednesday. That, so that'll, that'll definitely tell us some things. But uh, L.A. is putting it together. Jassy's artist continues to play well. Uh, they're tough, man. They're tough. They, it, it, you know, we said it. We said we said it for how long? Seattle and ANR, Seattle, LA, and RSL, the three real legitimate title contenders, mm-hmm. and that's what it's shaping up to be in the West. And moving over to the Americans abroad front, Ivis, we can rejoice. Josie Outdoor ended his ten-month streak of not being able to score a goal for Sunderland. He did score in the Capital One Cup against Stoke City. A very nice goal for him. So congratulations, Josie Outdoor, and hopefully, Ivis, this will take some of the hate off his back for a while. Uh, I don't think one goal is going to do that, to be honest. I and can be I optimistic. It, yeah, no, that one goal is definitely not going to do it, and especially considering the fact that they lost that game. Not that it was his fault, but uh, I think that's a blow for him because the you know Capital One Cup games were going to be a source of playing time for him. Now they're out of it, and that's going to be a few games less for him to play. Uh, but he continues to plug along. You know, he keeps getting minutes off the bench for for them, and you know, considering where he was last year and the you know real questions about whether he'd even be back. I think the fact that he's get, getting more and more playing time, coming off the bench, getting minutes, and Sunderland start you know Sunderland's gotten some results. They, they haven't you know they haven't been the worst team in the in the Premier League. They've they've done okay. So things are going okay for him. I, I, and I think this goal is 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 the product of, of hard work for him. It was a nice goal for those who missed it. You know he collected the ball at the top of the box quick turn to his right and then shot uh, across his body to the far corner and, and and scored it and 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 I thought it was interesting he did not celebrate like a madman he's, he 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 scored like he'd been there before uh and I think he's just locked in I think he he he's been through so much that I don't really think we're going to see him really really show joy in his play until he starts scoring more, more regularly I think once he really gets that 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 role going I, I don't I don't think we're going to see much rejoicing out of him. But you know what? I think he's plugging along. And I think folks who, who are writing him off or who are saying he's doing terribly aren't paying attention because he's he's putting in the work. And I've said it before. I think fighting for minutes in a top, top league mm-hmm. is more valuable than being a, a guaranteed starter in a weaker league. I, I, I firmly believe that. And you know what? If he's got the quality, he's going to get the minutes. Uh, Andrew Wooten, uh, the former US U23 player who's uh, over in the second Bundesliga at Sandhausen, has scored in three state games uh, for that club, Ivis. So it's good to see a, a former, uh, you know, youth international player for the US, you know, scoring goals uh, in Europe. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's another one of the German Americans. He, he was on that uh, U23 uh, US U23 team, uh, the one that uh, didn't qualify for the Olympics. He was one of those forwards, and I remember watching him. He showed some good qualities there. I, I thought he was a, a pretty, pretty impressive player from what I saw when I w- when I would attend the camps there uh, down in Florida. Uh, so he's really coming into his own now, and he's gonna, you know, even look, it's Bundesliga too, but still, he is. He's gaining confidence. He's growing as a player, and you know, you you know, who knows what's gonna happen? Maybe he'll he'll get a, he'll be someone that Klinsman will want to take a look at uh, come November. I don't know about October for the friendlies in October, but I think. If he keeps it going, I think that November friendly in Ireland will have uh, kind of has his name written all over it. Uh, keeping it in uh, Germany, Julian Green Ivis is getting some playing time uh, for Hamburg this past week. You know, playing against uh, Bayern Munich, fourteen minutes for him. So Julian Green, we talked about this. It's good for him to get playing time. He needs it. You know, the more the better. But you know, 
good for him getting playing time. Right, and then, well, they got a result. They got a draw against Bayern, which is nothing to sneeze at. Obviously, they have a new manager. Uh, and, and it is interesting uh, to note <laughs> the rash of manager uh, dismissals and departures of coaches who coach American players in Europe. When you think about it, Hamburg with Julian Green. Ah, Zed, uh, their manager stepped down, Van Boston. Uh, the Netherlands, you had uh, Freddie Adu's uh, manager at, at Serbian club uh, Jagodina. Uh, he's still looking for his first minutes. Uh, you know, he had he had dealt with some injury issues and fitness issues. Now he's got to deal with the coach, with a new coach, and trying to convince a new coach to give him playing time. Uh, it, it so far it hasn't worked out for him to move there. But you know what? He still's got. He still has a few more months to kind of show what he can do and, and maybe get on the field. But uh, I'm trying to think what others. There have been, been a few other firings. Oh, Fulham, well, you had Fulham, uh, Emerson Hyndman and Fulham. The, the, their manager was given the boot, uh, Felix Magat. So it, it's interesting, all the American uh, American players seeing their coaches move on. Uh, so I don't know what that means, but it, it is uh, it is interesting. It's just a little interesting uh, little side note over in Europe. I don't think it means anything. It's probably just a, a weird coincidence. Yeah, but you know what? It does it, it does mean something in the sense of it, it's tough, man. When you're a player and you're already fighting for minutes and then a new coach comes in, you kind of have to kind of prove yourself again. We want to talk about younger players too. A lot of these cases, you got young guys, Emerson Hyndman. Uh, and Emerson Hyndman, I believe, he, I believe he started today in the, in the Capital One Cup. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how those guys respond with their new coaches. Uh, it was also a bad weekend, Ivis, for the uh, American goalkeepers in Europe. Uh, I mean – I mean, they can't be perfect every single weekend, but it's going to happen. They're going to have bad weekends, but uh, kind of weird to have multiple guys having bad weeks. Yeah, you know, Tim Howard and, and, and Brad Guzan, if you feel like every week they're both putting up great games, yeah. but this was definitely not one of those weeks. Uh, Aston Villa saw their kind of bubble burst by Arsenal. Arsenal took them to the woodshed, and, and, and Brad Guzan, he was pretty helpless on these goals. I mean, the defense just got ripped to shreds. Tim Howard did not have a good game. He had some mistakes, and he, he was pretty roundly criticized. Uh, for his performance in Everton's last league game, although it should be pointed out. I don't know if we pointed it out in the last show, but uh, Tim Howard, I believe he set a record for saves in the game in the Europa League yes, play last, yeah, last week. So considering the Belgium World Cup game and that Europa League game, he's shown he can de- put together these amazing games. But now this past weekend, he had one of those kind of games that I'm sure he'd like he'd like to forget. Returning stateside and keeping it along the goalkeeper front, there is one thing that we do have to talk about that is a little bit of a hot button right now, Ivis. That is Hope Solo and regarding her domestic abuse case with growing calls for her not to play for the U.S. women's national team. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this and kind of all the developments that have spurred up from this over the last week? Well, I think I feel like we touched on it last week. I think it might have been a question in the Q&A when someone asked about whether we think she should be able to play uh, and it's funny how that question then has turned into just growing public sentiment that, you know what, she shouldn't be allowed to play. And it's it's really kind of I feel like the public's gotten caught up in the whole NFL domestic violence uh, fervor. Now that you've had multiple players in the NFL caught up in, in, in cases and, and, and it's really put a uh, put a bad light, put the NFL in a bad light. And, and obviously mm-hmm. they had to react and. and uh, you know the whole Ray Rice uh, tape set wheels in motion because I, I think it's I think it's fair to say if the if the second Ray Rice tape uh, doesn't emerge and uh, does the NFL suspend any of these players and, and uh, clearly it came it, it came to light which was good it, the, the truth came out and we saw what happened and NFL a- acted accordingly after that but 
I just think the lumping in of Hope Solo with the, these cases is a little misguided. And I think it's way too easy for people to want to pi- just kind of pigeonhole her situation into the same as being the same exact thing as these other cases. And it simply is not the same situation. I mean, when you look at all right, Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, Greg Hardy, uh, Jonathan Dwyer, all these cases are different from uh, the Hope Solo case. I mean, let's let, let's break it down. I actually wrote a piece for Gold.com uh, that that came out that it should be out already. It'll be out there, uh, Wednesday morning when you guys listen to this show. Uh, and on top of uh, including some comments that she made to, to SBI, uh, it included some comments that she made on her Facebook page, kind of defending herself and saying that she'll be exonerated, blah, blah, blah. Um, but to point out the difference on the NFL issues and her issues, uh, Ray Rice, the evidence is clear. We all seen the video. There can be no doubt. The, the guy assaulted his future wife, his now wife. Adrian Peterson is up on felony charge, child abuse charges. There, there are photos of, 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 of the marks left on his four-year-old son. Clear visual evidence of this taking place. Greg Hardy was convicted. He was convicted of domestic violence for for beating up his uh, his girlfriend. Jonathan Dwyer is uh, has been charged with felony domestic violence. These we're talking felonies, folks, and uh, pretty clear evidence on these. Hope Solo's case is a family fight, misdemeanor charges, and at this point, it's her word against the word of the uh, of the two family members that she had this incident with. And she's got these misdemeanor charges. And there is no videotape. There is no clear evidence showing wrongdoing on her part. At this point, it's a he said, she said. So it's not even close to the same thing as any of these other cases. So to, to lump it in, I think it's a little misguided. Look, and I know she's no saint, right? We all know that uh, just, to, you know, based on her past behavior, uh, you know, she, she you could definitely chalk her up as being a, a bit of a selfish teammate and, and, and outspoken and outlandish and, and everything else. Like, she's not a perfect person by any means, but uh, what happened to the idea of innocence until proven guilty? You know, a good friend of mine, Simon Evans, wrote, wrote a really good piece making that same point, that is she innocent until proven guilty or not? And I think people are way too caught up in everything that happened with the NFL mm-hmm. and, why, and wanted to lump her in. And then you have the other side of the coin where people are kind of like, oh, there's a double standard. Men and women not treated the same. And it's like – it's not if they're if the if their situations aren't the same, then how can you say they're not being treated the same? It's, I think it's it's total crap from some people. Um, so hey, look, she doesn't need me to defend her. That's just I just think it's all kind of completely gotten a little out of control. Um, and I did find it interesting. I saw a poll on a, one of the Seattle newspapers had a poll asking uh, its readers if they think she should play, and it was like eighty three percent believe she shouldn't play that she shouldn't be anywhere near the field and look you know what we can all agree we can all disagree uh but i just think it's interesting that it's just become it's gone from her her arrest barely barely registering a ripple to now everyone every newspaper every media outlet uh writing columns saying that she should she should never she should not play again well, you know, Hope Hope Solo isn't. You know, she's she's had her incidents in the in the past too that have been part of national news. And you know, I I do remember when the news came out on this, but I still remember about a week ago when when that Ray Rice video came out, and then Adrian Peterson, and also I started seeing that rumbling on Twitter. Well, what about Hope Solo? What about Hope Solo? And kind of like you said, it was like a wave. It it caught momentum, and and everyone's jumping on on this and. 
and you know now you know you get all these people that are you know trying to point the finger when when you know where were they two weeks ago, Ivis? They weren't saying anything till two mu- two NFL. weeks ago. How about two months? Yeah, two ago? months ago. They, yeah, saying, exactly. This thing happened, and like the arrest happened in June. It happened in June, and look, it, it obviously took place during the World Cup. Uh, so people were caught up in that, so it kind of flew under the radar to some degree. Uh, but there was none of this, and I think you know, in some instances, I feel like it is a little uh, advantageous to people. People are just kind of seeing this as an opportunity to kind of have something else to write about. Uh, you know, it, I, when I, I have yet to read uh, any of these pieces that makes a really good point. I mean, I know people can disagree with me if they want. I personally haven't read a piece that I saw that that made me say, you know what, this is a really good point. She shouldn't play. I haven't read that. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Her, her case is in six weeks. Uh, her, the, the, you figure at that point, we'll, we'll see. Will it be dismissed? Will it be not? If she is convicted, if evidence comes out that, that backs the, accuse, uh, the accusers and, and, and she is convicted, then you're talking different. Then you're talking something completely different. Then she has been found guilty of a crime. She will, you, she will do her, you know, she will face her punishment and then U.S. soccer will have to make a decision about what, how to go about handling it and how they'll, they'll cheat her. But then that's it. But then the circumstances will be different. We haven't gotten to that point yet. She has not been found guilty yet, but clearly some people just don't care. Completely agree, man. Innocent until proven guilty. And, uh, I mean, she even did a post on Facebook talking about it that, you know, light, you know, there will be light at the end of the tunnel that will come out from this and, you know, we'll pay a close eye to it and we'll see what happens with it. Uh, Moving over to some other news, I have FIFA 15 is coming out this week. Are you picking up your game? No, I haven't gotten a copy yet. I haven't. Uh, uh, I haven't had. Ch- I, w- I don't know if I'll have time to go buy one. And you know, hey, listen, if someone wants to send me a copy, <clears throat> EA or anybody else, feel free. I'll I'll play it. Actually, you know what? I don't have time to play my. Ki- I'll try to get my kids to play it. Uh, but my kids are all caught up in Minecraft. I made the mistake of putting uh, of installing the latest Minecraft update. So now they have all now they can do all sorts of crazy stuff. So in a way it's good and bad because now you know that now they're completely locked into that. Um but you know what? I know everyone else is going crazy about it. I know Franco's playing it nonstop now as he gets ready to try to reclaim his SBI staff title uh from Ryan Tolmich. Um but no it's uh it looks like the game is even better than it was last year. Yes, if uh, Microsoft also wants to send me an Xbox One and EA wants to send me a FIFA 15, you know, you and I could review the game on this show for people who are <laughs> interested about buying it. You know, you want a whole Xbox One? Check you out. That's a that's a little ambitious. There. It's expensive, man. It's four hundred bucks, and when my Xbox 360 works perfectly, so I'm on the fence yeah. about it, purchasing it. I'm I'm not sure yet. Well, can't you just get it for Xbox 360? I think you can, but then, like, then what, what happens if I buy an Xbox One a couple months later? Then I have to buy the game again. It's I don't know, man. I believe this is the hashtag. Uh, what is it? First world problems. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, the game looks awesome. You know, I would like to play it, but I'm I'm in the same boat as you, where I wouldn't be able to commit as much time to playing the game as I would have in the past. And then, you know, I'll, I'll play, you know, some guy like Franco online who plays every single day and will smoke me. And then, I mean, it makes the game horrible and not fun to play. So, yeah, just play, you know, just play the computer. Play the computer on easy, score a bunch of goals, and enjoy yourself. What? That's ho- Why would you want to do that? I don't know. I like doing that once in a while because I don't, because, well, when you can't play that often, why are you going to subject yourself to playing online against people who have nothing better to do than to play all the time? Uh, more importantly, Ivis, though, player rankings did come out for the U.S. players. Uh, Tim Howard's the top guy at 82. I don't think that's surprising. Dempsey's at 80. 
Michael Bradley's at 80. You know, it's it's nice to see the the guys uh, having higher rankings. I mean, the rankings are what they are, but you know, it's nice to see that. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that. What would you, what would your ranking be based on your your media cup performances? Mine. I always think <laughs> I, I do think about that from time from time to time because like. <laughs> Because like there are some pro players that that I know that are ranked you know in the forties and I'm like God that guy's a forty and like he would he could smoke me in a pickup game I played against him like what what am I like a fifteen in this game? <laughs> what's long? What what's long tan? I mean I think he, uh, your Arizona player just made second team All USL. What, yes what, he did. A long tan is not in the game. Uh, I know I know he's, he's I'm not surprised. he's not actually you know what is more important for for the U S players this you you have no idea what I'm gonna be talking about right now. But for Ultimate Team, a lot of the U.S. players are ranked 74. As everyone knows, they're valuable pieces in Ultimate Team for your Silver Team. So I think that's awesome. So a lot of a lot of people <laughs> playing FIFA Ultimate Team will be playing with American players. That that I mean, to you, I'm sure you have no idea what I'm talking about. But you're speaking gibberish to me right now. Yeah, that no yeah. This is this is that this is one of those moments where I feel my age right now, where I feel like. Well, Sonny, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Josie Altador did drop big time, Ivis. Did EA it? did punish him for his, you know, lackluster performances. Who's uh who who's the player? Here you go. What player is the most overrated player? What American player has the a rating that you're just like, why is this guy rated so highly? Um Julian Green? Is he rated pretty highly? I don't know. I, I had to check his. Actually, you know, some of them I am surprised about. Like Jermaine Jones is only seventy seven. I thought he would be higher. Yeah, he's older though, so he probably you know in certain categories, he, he he's he you know he's he takes a hit. So, you know. I mean, maybe you can make the argument for Aaron Johansson, who is the eighth best ranked American in the game. He's pretty good, though. He he's is good. good. I'm I mean, saying. I mean, maybe he's, I'm thinking that's the only guy coming. Lee Wynn is ranked also. Lee Wynn is ranked ahead of Maurice. Uh, Lee Wynn's ranked pretty high, man. Well, I mean, you know, obviously that's. The season that he's having right now, I'm sure that that's factored in. He's been pretty good for a couple of years now. So wait, did you say he's ranked higher than Marisa Du? Yes, he is. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, your boy well, Zardis, your boy Zardis is ranked pretty high. Has Will Trap? Is Will Trap ranked? Let me see. Good. I got I got to check that. Actually, you know yeah. who's pretty high? Carlos Bocanegra. He's he's probably a little too, he's a little too high for what he should be. Yeah, he's like retired. He should like uh, come on. DeAndre Yedlin did not have a good ranking. His really? is pretty. His is pretty bad. Actually, here, here, here's what I'll do. I'll ask you a question. Okay. Who do you think, based off FIFA? Hold on one second. I'm gonna pull it up right now, Ivis. Who is the fastest American? Ooh. This is this is this is according to FIFA. FIFA 15. Do you need? It, do you want? Do you want a hint? Uh, Does, okay. Here's a hint. Does not play in Major League Soccer. Joe Jow. No. Mm, not well, I don't think Joe Jow's on this. I don't think he's in this game. Is he? Oh, okay. oh, all right. So he plays in Europe. Um, he plays in Europe. Colt ooh. figure. Colt figure. Fabian Johnson. No, Josh Gat. Oh, Josh Gat. Yeah, he's injured all the time. I know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, he is. And then Yedlin is two. I don't think Gat is faster than Yedlin. Marvel Win is three. Win used to be fast. I tell you what, two thousand and five. Marvel win would uh, would get, would beat down would I think he could beat DeAndre Yellen, but how, now now to him is probably not. How about this? Robbie Finley is five for all Americans. All like all Americans. <laughs> all you know? Americans. Robbie Finley is five. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's pretty. Shy. How about slowest MLS player? Slowest. 
Ooh. <laughs> Slowest <laughs> American? Give me a second here. I'll pull it up for you right now. Why is, not, why does that have to be America? I want an MLS. Just oh, MLS, MLS player? player? Okay, hold on. Well, I, I got to pull that up. I mean, that, you mean it's not that easy, Ivis. If anyone wants to know these things, you go to foothead.com. It has all this stuff. Who do you need plug? What are you doing plugging random websites now? Come I'm on, not plugging a random website. It's a great website. It's, you know, it's for you know, it. building your FIFA Ultimate Team. Stop it. All right, let's move on. I Hold think on. we're bored. We bored people to death. No, this is haven't. the worst, no, worst segment. All right, who worst do you th- okay, here it is. I pulled it. Oh, my God. Who do you think is the slowest uh, player in MLS? Baki Samara. Bobby Boswell. Really? Yeah. Mm. Bobby Burns ah. is two. Carlos Bocanegra is three. Connor Casey is four. Austin Berry is five. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bobby Boswell's got to be faster than Connor Casey. I don't buy that he's at all. A, he's a 32 pace. That is about as slow as molasses in this that, game. Look, I'm not saying Boswell is fast, but he's faster than that. And if anyone's wondering, this is pace, and all that matters in FIFA is pace. It's not top speed. So people will be like, Ugh. all right, well, that's enough FIFA talk. You can check out the game and, and check out all these rankings if you want on your own time. Ivis, before we close out the show, I want to talk about a couple of things. I think you and I need to do another Q&A back and forth. What do you think? I agree. Uh, it's unfortunately, it's uh, three forty-five a.m. Eastern time, so I don't think anyone's going to give us questions on t- on Twitter if we put it up. So we-, we should probably come up with our own questions. Okay, what's the worst U.S. city you've ever been to? No, oh, my lord, really? You just want to kill kill uh, yep. kill my chances of traveling in a particular city? Yep. Uh, worst city? <clears throat> Try to think. <clears throat> Traveled for anything? Yeah, anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, you were working. You just went to the city, and you're like, this city Can't, sucks. I never want to come back ever it, again. You know what? Cleveland was pretty rough. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, D- Detroit was pretty rough, although the last time I was in Detroit, I didn't leave the casino, uh, the hotel I was staying at. Um, Camden, New Jersey is pretty rough. Uh, I Probably those three. I think that's the, the, that's pretty, three, three pretty uh, – three cities, I, you know, I don't think I'd shed a tear if I never saw again. Okay. How about how about you? I'm trying to think, man. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. I can think you've of never, you've I, never been to a bad city. No, well, you know, you know me. I'm sheltered, so I don't go anywhere bad. If we want to talk internationally, I mean, oh, internationally. First off, Bangkok is the worst city I've ever been to in my entire life. I will never return. Hmm, interesting. Ho- I thought jo- horrible. I wasn't a fan of Johannesburg personally. I loved Cape Town. Cape Town's like, in, in, if we if I do a like around the world top 20 Cape Town's in there somewhere for me but Johannesburg I was not a fan of uh at all um yeah and I'm sure they're fun cities it's just it's you yeah, know it's always, right, it's always right. the experience that you have you know yeah you know I was there for a while in in the in the area nearby and it's just a really I mean uh, my analogy of, of, of Joe Berg and it, compl- it could be completely wrong but it was like a a way way bigger Detroit which let's face it it's not great um, but look, Detroit. I'm sure look, Detroit has its qualities, has its positives, but it's 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 also has a lot of negatives. So yeah, it's it's the, it's the trip that you have. You know, I've you know I've always heard people say you know places that I've been to have been awesome. I'm like eh, I don't know about that place, but you know, to, <laughs> to you go with and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Here we, here we go. Uh, your favorite new TV show? I don't watch TV shows. Man, settle down. You just don't want to admit. 
the the girly shows that you watch with the girlfriend. Let's just be honest. Oh my god, she's been watching One Tree Hill. That is by far the stupidest show I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I like how you say she and not we. Let's be honest now. Come on. Because I walk in the house and I mean <laughs> she's sitting on the couch and then I say hi and I and I sit on the couch and I watch thirty minutes of it and I think to myself, God, this is this is horrible. So you haven't you haven't watched a single new show in in a, in, a, in a while? No, you know I recently did binge on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so I did finish that. That was good. I, I didn't finish finish all of it. So, well, I'd say what I, mean, I new would show. Re- I mean, I don't know. I don't watch. I don't want you want you watch TV. You're the TV expert. Well, I'd say what one show that I saw the the first episode of last night that impressed me was Gotham on Fox. It's pretty much a Batman prequel. It's it sets up the whole storyline of, of of Batman uh, from the early years, from his youth on, and it kind of develops all the other characters around Batman. It's I've only seen the first episode. The first ep- the first episode was great. Uh, you had um, you know there, there's that definitely any show that has multiple uh, actor alumni from The Wire is going to probably be a good show, and they did have a couple of guys on there that were from The Wire, so. First episode is, was great, so if you if you happen to catch it, give it a look. And a show that uh, it already had its first season, but I, I loved it. Other people might not. Gang related, I was a big fan of that. I ate I ate it up. I hope it comes back. Hope it doesn't get canceled. But you know, if you if you want to catch it on Hulu, uh, and if you were a fan of say Southland, something like that, I think you want to give Gang Related a chance. Um, actually, I did watch a new TV show. I watched BoJack. Horseman on Netflix. It, <laughs> What's that about? It was it was hilarious. It, Will Arnett plays this horse that was like a former uh, like TV dad, and like it's just like him now, like twenty years later in his life, and like you know all he did was this TV show. It's it's a cartoon series, and and uh, Aaron Paul is one of the producers on it. You know, you and I both like him. It's it's pretty good, man. It's it's on Netflix. One of those series on Netflix. Nice. You know what? I haven't watched Netflix since before the World Cup. I let I I think I let my my uh, subscription like expire, uh, and I just haven't turned it back on. And I've actually been watching Hulu Plus uh, more now. Um, so I got to get back on my next my Netflix game. Uh, I don't know when House of Cards is starting back up, but whenever that starts up, I'll definitely want to be watching. Also, you that. know it's coming out on Netflix too. Walking Dead season four. So. I'm all caught up on it. Me too, but I'm, just, I'm still going to watch it to get ready for season five. Eh, I don't know. You're not going to rewatch it? Nah, that's reckless. I, I, I watched it so I watched it thoroughly the first time. I don't have to watch it again. So there you go. I'm, I, I'm watching it again. I need. I'm going to get like amped up for it again because you know, I mean, I got to get my zombie dreams back and all that stuff. I'm too busy enjoying uh, Boardwalk Empire. That's back pretty good. Uh, and I need uh, Game of Thrones, man. I need that to come back because I, I I love that show. That show's not done yet. Well, like, was it in the twentieth season? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what. No, it's like fourth or fifth. It's there. So, mm. you, yeah, what are you talking about? You don't watch TV. You know, you, all these shows you watch. I, I watch. <laughs> I watch. <laughs> Walking Dead is the only one I will watch. Here's here's the reason why I don't watch TV shows. I committed so much of myself in my heart to Lost. And Lost oh, after season yeah. two was so bad, I said, no way, TV, I am done. I'm not committing to any more of your TV shows because it'll disappoint me. That's why. I, Lost ruined it for me. I think Lost had more than just two good seasons. The last season was was one of the worst seasons in TV history, I think. But I think it had more than two good seasons. Well, I, I guess the first two were just so good. And then, like, three was okay, but then four was just like, oh, my God. And then after that, I was done. All right. 
since we since we're trying to have a long show this time, let's just do real quick, real quick. Your top five favorite shows of all time. Top five. Let's go now. Go. Top five of all time. Go. Uh, Say what karaoke on MTV. Um, All real monsters on Nickelodeon. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Original. That's a show. Those are shows. Yeah, you don't. (laughs) Okay. I guarantee eighty percent of our listeners have watched these shows. Okay, keep going. Also, and then and then Hey Arnold. Why not? They're I mean they're like kid shows, but they're you know. Wait, what was that last one? Hey Arnold. You know Hey Arnold. Uh, that's your top five all-time shows uh yeah why not you don't have any like grown-up shows (laughs) uh they'd be rated r ivis if i said i'm on this show who cares you're an adult you have a 30 year old girlfriend i think people expect you to watch (laughs) why why you gotta be dropping her age hey i'm just saying you brought it up you said it was okay i thought it was i thought that was adult shows uh i don't know i i thought the i don't mean like playboy adult i mean like grown-up adult (laughs) oh i thought um i I thought roommate (laughs) i I thought room raiders was pretty good uh, the next bust both these shows are on mtv i also thought that uh flavor flav you know his his dating show on vh1 i thought that was pretty good too have you ever watched a show with some like writing and plots and characters? Like, yes. what's going on here? Yes, this is all reality television. <laughs> yes, Breaking Bad. There you go. There you go. All right, I'll give you my my five. My uh, I I don't know if I have. I know there's some automatics. Number one's The Wire, and I think everyone knows that already. That's number one for me. Number two is Breaking Bad. Uh, number three is The Sopranos, and then four and five. It's kind of that's then then it's kind of tough. Uh, tough to pin down just two more for four or five. Uh, Larry David is amazing, hilarious. Uh, Kirby Enthusiasm, I'm sorry. Kirby Enthusiasm's uh, uh, pretty pretty hilarious. And uh, I think of the new shows, Game of Thrones is, is really, really doing well. So I'd say, yeah, I think, that, I think that's my top five. See, I'm not a TV show guy. I'm a movie guy. That's my thing. You're a movie and children's television guy. No, I'm a, I'm a movie guy. Like, you know, I, I, you know me. I watch movies more. What's, all right. What's the last question? Because I'm sure people are getting bored. Uh, best movie. You, what's the last movie you saw? I I watched it for probably the tenth time. But Fog of War, the eleven life lessons from Robert McNamara. Everyone should watch that. Nice. Well, I, I one movie I finally saw that I had been wanting to see for a long time was Twelve Years a Slave. I thought that was an. Oh, I, I, need, was, I need to watch that. I thought it was an amazing, amazing movie. A uh, very powerful. Uh, obviously, it's a drama. It's pretty, you know, it's a, it's rough. It's a rough movie, but it, it, I mean, it, it's you know, obviously, it has historical aspects to it. Uh, I would definitely recommend that. And then I took my kids to go see Maze Runner. Yeah, was that good? I thought it was all right. I thought it was pretty good. Apparently, it's the it's it it's part of a book trilogy. Um, so there are going to be two more after it. And the, it, the only if there's only if there's any negative, it's kind of at the end of it, you feel like. It, there's so much un- left unanswered, and it's like, I know that's the whole point of having movies that set up sequels and stuff, but I don't know. I, I, I thought it, I thought it left too much unanswered, but it was still good. It was entertaining. I thought the, the kids liked it, so it did the job. It served its purpose. I lied about the most recent movie I saw. I watched Shakespeare in Love with my girlfriend. Wow, going way back. That's actually a good movie, though. That movie's older than you. No, it's not. It's pretty old. Were you I remember. Like, I saw. I saw it at the movie theaters. Really? Yeah. Eh, yeah, I guess you were probably like in eighth grade when they came out. You think so? Uh, it, that movie's been around, man. That movie's that movie's old. It came out in 
1998. So I was 11 years old. So <laughs> there you go. What does that make me? I think that, I think that's sixth grade. Sixth grade. Six exactly. See, you were sixth a kid. Grade. Come on. Yeah. Well, 19, on. What year was this? 98. I was out of college. I was. I was. A, Damn, I was dude, uh, you're, you're old, man. I was thinking. I, I was thinking about your birthday and how old you were, and I was like, oh, I could think it was. I was just old. I am. I and I and I'm fine with that. Uh, you know what? I tell you what. Knock on wood. I'm healthy. No gray hairs yet. They're they're coming though. I think. Uh, I'm I'm all right, man. I think I could pass. I think I could pass for five years younger. I, I gotta I gotta start hitting the gym. That that's kind of my, my new my new birthday resolution is to get back to the gym. Franco Panizo and I were hitting the gym pretty well before the whole World Cup thing, and and then obviously that went off the rails. But hopefully I'll get back in there uh, so I can slim down and get on TV, man. Because I, I I feel like I, I feel like American soccer needs. Some more American voices, so I, that, that's going to be the next mission for me is to get on there. Don't be reckless. Be, I, they need gonna, they need me on TV if anything. I'm, I don't know. I think me and you, man, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to race uh, race to that. So. I don't see why we just don't do stream this show on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So people no, so people would see. I just want to point this out. When Ivis and I record in person, okay. Whenever I say anything, the facial expressions that he gets on his face are priceless. This is why we need to videotape this show. I don't know. That's something to think about. I'm serious, man. That would require me to like get like you know. I'd brush, have to spend brush my hair. I'd, You'd I'd have, have to get all dolled up. I'd have to put my face on, and I mean, we all know that takes yeah. about thirty minutes. So you have to put the crack pipe away. <laughs> you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding, folks. You're, you're so stupid. All right. <laughs> on the, on that note, Ivis, let's wrap. Up. Oh my god. We, ha, somehow we extended the show twenty minutes past the, an hour. So. Nice, and it's still shorter, and it's still shorter than our our past couple shows. So that's good. Amazing. Progress. All right, I was like, Pro- I know. Positive Progress. baby steps. I like it. Yes, and we will be back on Thursday. We're not gonna, you know, I'm promising everyone now. We will. Ha- you will have a show to listen to on Friday. Hopefully, Friday morning. Uh, we slacked a bit uh, with our. Obviously, my birthday was Sunday, so you know, even though I was around to do a show, but you know. Uh, Garrett was trying to give me my birthday uh, time off, but we'll be back on Thursday. We'll see about some guests. Uh, one, just one last note: we, we, we're going to try now to start recording in the morning. And I think if we start recording in the mornings, uh, we'll be able to start getting some guests. Because who, let's face it, who we're going to get as a guest at 4 a.m. Actually, we could probably get some guests over in Europe now because it's like 10 a.m. in Europe. Uh, call up some of our European peeps, give that a whirl. But uh, as I was telling Garrett, I just need to start getting sleepy. I'm I'm an old man now. I'm even older. I got to start going to bed at more normal hours, man. This is just not working for me. Me too. I, I need my beauty sleep also, man. You're not the only one. <laughs> this guy, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you're right, man. Just keep the mud mask on. You'll be good to go. That's a good idea. Is that what you, is that what you use? I don't use anything, man. Such a liar. I'm too old. Nothing's helping you me. You are such a liar. All right, I man. Just, why would I just got to hit the gym. That's, that's my... I got I to gotta get in shape. I got to get my strength back up so I can beat up on the trolls. That's my mission. Because, you know, <laughs> thank, anyone that, Thank God. Anyone that wants to, you know, because I got to be ready, man. People always want to come at me, so I got to be ready. I got to be ready. Actually, let's face it. Nobody wants, Nobody comes at me. Why, but, why, but why do you always got to fight everyone? Why can't you I don't. Nice? I don't. I'm, a, I'm not. I'm not a violent guy. Mm, I, 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 you know my saying. I'm nice until it's time to not be nice. Mm. And hey, it's totally unrelated. I can't wait to see the Denzel movie. It looks amazing. I tell you what, that movie I gotta see. Uh, what is that movie called? I don't know what it's called, but he. The, he I think it's called the Denominator. 
He is a badass. <laughs> That's all I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's called the Equalizer. I was trying to be funny, but you can see. Nice. Yeah. Swinging a miss. Uh, <laughs> it's a nominator. <laughs> That's what is good. that? That's pretty good. It's math humor at uh, four a- one a.m. It's like amazing. It. I was horrible at math. That was my worst subject growing up. So shocking. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, every subject in school is horrible. That's why you go to Arizona State, Ivis. Drinking. That's the, the same major in drinking. They let anyone in, man. They let anyone in. Uh, all right. Enough of this. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it up. I need to let you go. So, Ivis, you have a good night. I'll talk to you later this week. Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the comments on iTunes, the reviews, and everything else you do for we need, the show. We need some new reviews, folks. Give it, hook us up. If you haven't given us a review on iTunes, please do so. Yeah, and if you, you have, got, and, you got and, some bad reviews. That's, that's because you always... You know, it's those are the people who hate you after you, you know, dog on them on Twitter. They're like, oh, I'm going to show Ivis and, you know, get a bad <laughs> review. That's what happens. Oh, man, it is what it is. You know, I, I know I, I can't help it sometimes. I got to go at these people just because there's so there's so many people full of crap on Twitter. Uh, but it is what it is. And hey, listen, if you have any suggestions for the show, definitely let us know. If you can tell us how much you love the longer shows, how much you hate the longer shows. Uh, where, where, anywhere, Frank, uh, anywhere, Garrett can go to score some rock. Any of that stuff, <laughs> just, just let us know. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> All right, Ivis, I'm letting you go before you... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> All right, man. All right, and as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Ivis and I will be back again later this week. This is the SBI Show. Second, I take your way back. Before I had a group and fans that gave that. Before white boys wore coopies and wave caps. Around the same time, cassettes replaced the eight.